Hi, I'm Major Sam, and you're listening to the House of Mario. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, episode 53. And we are the Nintendo Podcast, a part of the 8-Bit Collective. I'm your host, Brew Agnew, and this episode, we talk to Major Sam. Uh, We have a great conversation about her journey into cosplay, the ups and downs of the Australian cosplay community, and some of the challenges associated with cosplaying, whether it be traveling or, you know, getting the funds to make the costumes. Uh, There's a lot of aspects uh, both Bryce and I didn't think about. Because, uh, you know, we're not cosplayers. <laughs> but it was absolutely fantastic having Major Sam on. And I'm sure you'll enjoy our conversation. Anyway, without further ado, let's jump into it. Major Sam, thank you very much for joining us on The House of Mario. Thank you for having me. So, for those of you who don't know who you are, uh, did you want to say a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, I go by Major Sam. You can call me Sam if you like. Uh, I'm 27 years old and I am from the Gold Coast in sunny Queensland. Uh, I've been cosplaying for, uh, I've forgotten, a few years. I think eight eight years now or something like that. So not too long compared to some other cosplayers. Um, But yeah, I like fabricating costumes with fabrics and silks. I'm more of a sewing cosplayer and uh, I really like competing as well. It's awesome. Uh, so, how did how did you start uh, your journey through cosplay? Uh, where were you at day one? What were you doing, obviously? Uh, yep. And how did you um, break into what you're doing now? Yep. So, I was actually working in theatre and costume before I started cosplay. So, I was working in costumes, actors, all that kind of thing. And I really enjoyed the costumes. But I guess I got a bit bitter that the actors got to wear all the stuff that I was working really hard on and not getting thanked (laughs) for it. So I went to my first convention with my brother. It was a Brisbane supernova. And I kind of knew people dressed up, but I didn't know how they dressed up and to what extent they did. I thought it was just kind of fun, kind of Halloween-y kind of thing. And then I went there and I realized that people went all out. And I'm like, that's my people. That's where I need to hang out with. And I thought, well, if I'm putting all this time into costumes to put on another actor... I, I can dress up as well and um, that's it sort of tumbled from there and the next convention I went to I dressed up and went in the comp straight away and it was horrible and I didn't know what makeup was I didn't know what a wig was all this kind of thing so I started at the very bottom but I yep. got so into it that within the next two or three years I sort of so was it quite a process sort of learning all these things to like progressing to where you are now um it's I guess I'm learning new skills is my strength. So if I want to learn how to do like ribbon embroidery, give me a day, I can do it, that kind of thing. Um, So I I, I do enjoy learning and for each costume I make, I go out of my way to find a new skill that I can attach to that. So I can say, okay, I learned to do this on this costume. So I think that's made me a, a great way to progress and get better is by actually attaching a new skill to a new costume. Yeah. So you've uh, been a part of the cosplay community for eight years now, you said. Mm-hmm. Um, how is that? How's the community actually grown uh, as you've gone along? Has it changed a lot, or is it sort of just kept a standard and gone up? Or? Um, I think it, it's it's a quite an emotional community. So we'll have big ups and big downs, but I think that because we're all so passionate, you're going to have that. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first started out, it was kind of when Facebook was 
kind of a huge sort of deal and, and, and numbers were important and it was kind of quite easy to get a lot of attention, especially online and that kind of thing. And um, it kind of, that was sort of... My hat just fell off. Um, but that was the kind of thing. And then it kind of went to... Um, kind of the international side of cosplay started happening around that time as well so thanks to the internet and Facebook and your social media and all that kind of thing so it it broke out into a big time and then it kind of had a I feel like it dropped and kind of plateaued a little bit people sort of didn't know what they wanted to do I think in the past year or so I think people have started to figure out what's important to them in cosplay and um, we've kind of like chilled out quite a lot at least myself I feel Um, I kind of know how to prioritise now and what I enjoy doing and what I feel is important and what's not. So, uh, um, yeah, it's it's kind of an emotional roller coaster, I think. So, uh, do you feel like the community is stronger now? Like that, a lot of these. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, definitely. I think because um, we had that time of social media being this huge thing, and now it's sort of dying down a little bit. I think we're going back to our roots and sort of what cosplay was. Um, more important I think also quality's gone up as well because for a while there was like how many photos can I get in one convention and now it's like oh I'd like to shoot with these two photographers and get two great photos so and I think so the quality it's not it's it's definitely quality over quantity these days yeah absolutely um, so, what costumes are you showing off at 2018 AFCON this year? Yeah, this year I am wearing my new Jessica Rabbit Ranger outfit that she wears in a cartoon for about 20 seconds. Um, but it's, it was like a fun, easy, cheap costume. I already had the wig, you know, yeah. that kind of thing, and it's really fun to do. And then on Sunday I'm going to wear my Captain Amelia costume, which is a, a historical-based costume where I did all this embroidery and gold work. So I thought I'd wear something nice and fun and something that was a bit more... Um, to show off my skills as well. Absolutely, yeah. I, I uh, have looked through a bunch of your photos. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really, really impressed with like the Victorian era sort of dresses mm-hmm. and the animal clothing and stuff like mm-hmm. that. That's really awesome. What kind of uh, issues do you go through uh, when you're creating them, them type of things? Because they're obviously really detailed. Mm-hmm. Um. I think expense, expense um, yeah. does add up, and I was extremely lucky that um, from a prize that I won um, at last year, I was at San Diego Comic Con and I won the Motion Pictures Guild Award, and yeah, um, it came with a voucher for a fabric in, a, in an amazing store in the, in the US. Um, so I managed to get fabric for both my historical Belle costume and my Captain Amelia on this one voucher. So I was really grateful about that. But um, if I didn't have that, it's very much a lot of saving you know the bell costume took 10 yards of or meters of silk um just to do that um so that's you know already a 600 dollars sort of a costume on just fabric alone so um i think that is a kind of a block you know a bit of a struggle um also time you know these costumes take a lot of time and uh having finding the patience and motivation as well so if it's not one thing it's another thing so it's you know it's kind of this nice struggle the whole way through <laughs> it's like a lot of hobbies i guess where mm. it's time and money yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. so just out of uh, just out of curiosity what can we see from you in the near future are you intending any more conventions or are you working on any particular costumes at the moment you want to sort of talk about yeah sure um Next year, um, I'm lucky enough to get married. Um, nice. So we're good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and because because of 
me and my fiance are both cosplayers and we're crazy Disney and Star Wars nuts. We're putting all our money towards the honeymoon rather than the wedding. So we're going to do a big sort of convention honeymoon. <laughs> um, so it's not very relaxing, you know, a honeymoon or anything. So uh, next year I'm going to go to D23, which is the Disney convention, which is absolutely amazing. I went last year as well. And we're going to Dragon Con, which is this amazing US convention that's five hotels all attached to each other and it goes 24 hours kind of thing and it's all licensed so it's like a big party convention it's also really heavy in cosplay and costumes Um, so for that one I'm going to make the iconic My Fair Lady ascot dress from the 1964 film with Audrey Hepburn which is she wears this massive hat and and a white lace dress with these beautiful black velvet striped um, bows, so that's going to be a huge task because I'm going to make the lace myself to match it in the film. So that'll be kind of like another thousand-hour dress kind of thing. But that's for Dragon Con. So I'm like, if I'm going to go to Dragon Con, I'm going to go big. Yeah, I'm going to go really, really hard. I just have to figure out how to get a half meter hat to your new United States safely. <laughs> that's all. So you got to think about these things now before I start making them. That's a good question, actually. When you when you're uh going overseas and you have to pack a, have pack luggage you obviously mm-hmm. have to be very careful with your costumes what sort of precautions do you take when you do that uh, it sort of depends on what costumes and if I'm going to just sort of judge um, I'll pack the costumes that I can I know I can kind of just throw in a suitcase and I can take it out and be fine um, I bought my historical bellhood it'll shoot on Monday and I actually had to go off and take every single hand stitch rose on Ooh. so I could actually pack it without crushing the roses so when I have to take it out I'll have to re-stitch all the roses back on um, so it's kind of depends on the like that kind of dress I wouldn't take with me overseas or that kind of thing it's too much maintenance so I do have my costumes that I can throw in a suitcase and the ones that are difficult to pack which I just kind of avoid taking with me um, when I took my C2E2 costume Julieta um, my the cab to take us to the airport was at four o'clock in the morning and by two o'clock I hadn't packed in the morning uh, I thought the whole thing would fit in the suitcase didn't um, so we had this really crappy box that's not supposed to go in international travel this is like a domestic shipping suburb over box I had to put it all in there tape it up uh, we hadn't slept that night at all cab turned up at 4am um that was stressful because I had electronics in there as well and then it was raining at Sydney airport so it got wet at Sydney airport we got to LAX and there was no corners left on the box and they had to go to Chicago (laughs) and it got there and it was fine but but that was a big lesson for that one so now whenever I have a big costume the first thing I think about is how am I going to get it there whenever I go on an airplane like everything apart from my jocks goes in my carry-on luggage. Yeah, absolutely. When I took my Willie Scott dress, which was, I worked on it for six months, basically full-time, which is what I wore in um, San Diego, that was in my check. That was not leaving me at all, that kind of thing. So if I lose my undies, makeup, I can buy that. You know, this dress I spent six months on, you can't buy this. It's coming with me on carry-on. Yeah. So thinking about putting a thousand hours into one thing, mm. then having that like wreck the last minute. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it'd be at a point where I wouldn't even cry because you yeah. just—it's so emotional. <laughs> You'd just be lost. Just yeah. devastated. Yeah, absolutely. So when I, I do go to Dragon Con, this the dress will be with me. The hat—I don't know what I'm doing yet. So I mean, I'm gonna do it, but I might sh- ship it beforehand. <laughs> but then again, that's shipping. I don't know. You might have to go over there six months before you start <laughs> making it. 
and make it there. Yeah. Oh, that would be that would be lovely. But then I don't have. I'm not made of money. No. Unfortunately, I wish I was. But yeah. Uh, we can relate. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so, for people that want to keep up with your work, where can they find you? Yep, they can find me on Instagram at Miss Major Sam. Um, you can find me there, and I'm on Twitter as well. I do have a Facebook, but I don't update it as much. So, all the action is definitely on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of hoping to start a Twitch channel possibly in the future which I'll definitely talk about on Instagram but at the moment it's depending on if my internet will handle it so uh, I need that NBN. yeah NBN. so yeah. you know I'm not quite sure yet we just got it last year and it's a, it's a life changer yeah, it's, <laughs> oh is it I've, I've never I've never experienced anything so perfect as good internet <laughs> oh my god it's, it's just so much better I don't know how how we were uh, how we were operating before really could, I could only get ADSL one where I lived and then you went straight to <laughs> straight to NBN it was it was amazing that's amazing because we did get the, the letter in our mail saying that it's coming and I saw all these Telstra trucks on our street I'm thinking oh what's this what are they doing and then they were in our complex but ever since they've been our internet's gone to shit so I'm like what have you done what are you doing <laughs> So we'll see what happens with that, but I'm hoping I can do Twitch, yeah. Very nice, excellent. Thank you for joining us, Major Sam. Yeah, thank you. We hope you have a wonderful time here in Adelaide and at AFCON 2018. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening to The House of Mario, episode 53. It was a great time talking to Major Sam. We can't thank her enough for coming on the podcast. And thank you very much to the organisers and the staff at AFCON for making all this happen, allowing us to speak to the guests. It was absolutely awesome. And a huge shout-out to Brendan White and 8bit.net for hooking us up with these media passes and uh, even Brendan allowing us to use his own portable uh, recorder that we used around the con. Um, It was absolutely awesome. We can't thank you enough for that, guys. Giving us this opportunity to be able to talk to all four guests of the show was absolutely awesome. We cannot thank you enough. Next episode, we speak with voice actor Spike Spencer. He's been in hundreds of video games and anime, and I'm sure you're familiar with at least one of his roles. Until then, catch you later.